Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one. Take your Bibles, remain standing, turn to 2 Peter chapter 1, uh, pardon me, yes, chapter 1. And I am going to go ahead and get into a message that I tried to preach last Sunday night and uh, just couldn't get to it. We had such a move of the Spirit of God, people touched, and we're certainly having that now. But I felt led of the Lord to, to bring this because it's uh, very important in this hour to not become nearsighted and blind. We do have notes for you. would encourage you to go ahead and, and fill those in as we move along. I'm going to read 2 Peter, 2nd Epistle of Peter in the New King James, starting from verse 1, going through verse 11. If you're all there, say amen. All right, here we go. Simon Peter, a bondservant of the Apostle Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us, By the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As His divine power has given us. Can you do me a favor? Can we just hold up on the notes just for a second? I'll finish reading and we can pass them out. Is that all right? Thank you. His divine power has given us everything. Oh, pardon me. i got three versions going in my head. Verse 3. As his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Verse 5. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. Concentrate now. Verse 8. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren, nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted or nearsighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, sistren, that's a joke. (laughs) Brothers and sisters, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to your abundantly, will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. We ask God for living understanding tonight. We thank you for what you did in all the services this morning and this afternoon, now in our fourth service. I pray that you would release your power. Would you just for a moment pray and ask God to talk to you? Speak to us, Lord. Speak to our hearts. Release, Lord, your word. Thank you for the anointing. Thank you for the enablement of your spirit. All that's taken place, such a full service already. And the moments that remain now and those online, we pray that we would be equipped 
so that we would never be short-sighted, nearsighted. We would never become blind. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. You may be seated. It's a joy to have Kathy Lambert and family with us tonight. We just love you. And uh, from Delta Junction, I, as I told them, I just told a story about coming back from Delta. So uh, she was the one that gave me the hat that kept my bald head from freezing. And so we are forever grateful and owe you a debt of love. God bless you. Send our love to the rest of the family. Second Peter is uh, chapter 1. This is profound. And it's profound in many ways. Uh, I think I shared on Sunday night before I was uh, interrupted by the move of the Spirit. And let me just say this. The Holy Spirit has preeminence here. What I mean by that is that even though we might have a guest or, or, or something would happen where I'd prepare for hours to bring you a message, uh, the Lord at times, uh, you know, maybe he didn't like the message or something. I mean, he'd just step over and said, no, I want to do something else. And so Sunday night, we had a powerful, one week ago, seven days ago, had a powerful time in the Spirit. I said last Sunday night, and I'll say again, that uh, we do spiritual autopsies. What do you mean by that? It's that when somebody wipes out, when somebody becomes short-sighted, nearsighted, and, and loses out with God, destroys their life. I mean, nobody grows up, you know, as a little boy and a little girl. And we have kids here in, the, in church service tonight, and we do that on purpose. The reason we have kids here is so that they can worship and pray together as a family because we believe this, the family that worship and prays together stays together. And many times Sunday nights have been done away with because they're worried about wearing out the saints. The truth be told, back in a bygone generation, actually it's not a bygone generation. Some of you, if you're in your 70s, your 80s, to run a household back in the, you know, when you were a kid, it took 90 hours. Your mama washing the clothes. Come on, some of you remember when the TV came out. There was no TV. Now the average male watches six hours of TV. Six hours. Six hours of TV. So they said, no, we're just, people are too busy. They don't want to come to church. They don't have time to come to Sunday night. That's a bunch of baloney. That's hogwash. People are being bamboozled to think that they're staying home to have family time and say, well, we're just going to have family time when really most families are in like the four corners of their house all hooked up on their private internet network watching, hello, watching Netflix and not having any family time at all right now. Well, I'm going to tell you how much family time you actually think is happening right now in people, people that went to church but could have been at church tonight maybe, but they're, they're at home having family time. Now, there is family time, but I understand that, and that's important. Hello. But we have Sunday night to preach God's word. Look at, look at, look. They told me when I first got here, they said, you can never have a Sunday night. Then people ain't coming. Look at all the no people. Say hi to the no person next to you. We, we decided, my wife and I, I know Pastor Kirsten thinks the same way. I know my staff, they all think the same way. If, if nobody else came, we're still going to come and have church because I want to have church and my kids want to hear the word. And Come on. Thank you, Jesus. But as we've done spiritual autopsies, we've watched people destroy their lives. And as I was saying, nobody grows up as a kid and be like, yeah, one day, one day I want to be a prostitute. Nobody grows up wishing and praying. Now, my son... This is, I'm giving you a back door, all of you parents. My son asked me a long time ago, we were reading Proverbs. It talks about the prostitute, shouts from her way, you know, come, 
come over here. I'm, you know, I'm, my husband's going away. And so he sees this prostitute. He says, Dad, what's, what's a prostitute? I was like, uh, uh, hold on a second. Jesus. I said, well, son, that's somebody that gets paid to give kisses. That's he's all, ew. I'm like, right, exactly, okay. Listen, don't, don't shield them from the Word of God. Read it. Read it to them. Read, them. read them the Word. And if they ask questions, ask the Holy Spirit to give you ingenious ideas so you don't defile them or give them information that's too much for them to handle. And you got to learn to have healthy children, healthy parents. got to have a healthy marriage. And it doesn't just happen. I said it doesn't just happen. That's why we do things like the parenting toolbox. We have all kinds of courses and classes to help you, from learning how to balance your checkbook to learning how to have a, learning how to, you know, have a healthy life and healthy boundaries and a healthy marriage and healthy kids and learning how to pray and so on and so forth. The church is not just something you come to have a couple patty cakes for Jesus and go home unchanged. So as we do these autopsies, you know what I mean by that? Spiritual autopsies, when somebody wipes out, destroys their marriage, destroys their business, destroys their ministry, I like to find out why. So why, you know, how, how is that, how did that happen? If I get the chance to, to, to diagnose, to find out how, how did you, how did that happen? And what you find is, you find that they didn't do this. They didn't do what I'm reading to you tonight. So I'm coming to you very pastorally to teach you about how to never backslide. To teach you about how to never become nearsighted, shortsighted, and blind as a bat. It's a terrifying scripture, honestly. Because to be spiritually blind, I'm writing the notes now, is to be deceived. And our text, Peter's very concerned, the apostle Peter's very concerned that a person can lose out with God. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at different versions as we go, so pray for the, uh, the, uh, the projection people. Because I'm going to look at NIV and, and different New King James, King James, as we move along. So if it doesn't quite match up with that which is on the screen, don't, don't worry about it. In verse 10, it says, Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do, if, if then clauses, it's covenant language. If you do these things, you will never stumble. So does that mean, Pastor, that if I don't do them, I'm going to stumble? Yeah, if you don't do them, actually, you're stumbling already. So does, does that mean that if I don't do these things, then, then I'm possible that it's, that it's possible that my election and call cannot be sure, settled? Right, that's, that's exactly what that means. So for all you neo-Calvinists out there, this is going to upset you just a little bit. Well, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved. It's like when I've met people and I share the gospel with them. They saw, you know, there he is, you know, getting high, doing something stupid. I mean, something obvious that a Christian wouldn't do. Christian means Christ-like. So if you have behavior that's not Christ-like, that would mean you want to change your name to something other than Christian. Well, your funny story. It stuck with me. I went out to lunch when I was in Kentucky with Brian Gibson, who's pastoring two incredible works and planted a third, up, fourth. He's on his fourth church plant in the past year and a half. We went out and ate at some famous barbecue place in Kentucky, Kentucky. And so we were really hungry. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like really hungry. 
and we sat down, and it was one of these buffet things, and we, we got served, and we sit down, and Daniel and I started eating, and uh, I think Pastor Cameron wasn't back just yet, and he's, he's looking at us, and he says, y'all worship Baal now or something? Are you a bunch of Baal worshipers now? And we're like, what? <laughs> he says, you got some Asherah pole in your backyard? I was like, what? He says, don't we pray before we eat? I was like, oh, shoot. No, we're not a Baal worshiper. We just figured it was pre-blessed. Can you say amen? All right. <laughs> Losing out with God stems from being nearsighted or, or short-sighted, as the New King James says. Losing out with God. And when I mean losing out, I don't mean stumbling. The stumbling is losing out with God, too. But I mean you could lose it all. In other words, you could forfeit heaven. Now, that's not popular. That's not popular. And you see, these, this text is so powerful. May I suggest that, that you could fall and not make it to heaven based upon this scripture, and there's so many others. You say, I don't, I don't really like that. It requires responsibility of you. Bump your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you came to church on Sunday night. Go ahead. So glad you came here. Losing out with God stems from being nearsighted or short-sighted and blind. Nearsighted, that's forgetting what Christ has done for you. Forgetting what Christ has done for you. Now, this is the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Booths. There's a lot of different ways to say it, the ingathering. This is a time right now, tonight, starting, starting now. They have booths in Israel. If you go to Israel, you'll see like these booths, these tent things on roofs all over, and people camp out for a whole week. Why? Because they're reminding themselves of what God has done. If you ever forget what Jesus has done for you, you are in serious trouble. You ought to remind yourself of where you came from. Remind yourself of how he set you free. Remind yourself of when you were, you know, in a dark, dank ugly prison emotionally. Remind yourself when you had no place to go and you don't know what to do. Remind yourself before you, do you remember when before you got saved? Does anybody besides me remember when you didn't serve God and your life was tormented, when you had lots of problems and challenges and then he reached across the muck and miry clay and he snatched you out. Do you remember when all of a sudden, oh, that the light of the glorious gospel, the veil was lifted from your eyes and, and all of a sudden you saw the cross cross in your eyes. Oh my gosh, I need a savior. I need a savior. And then you got saved. Do you remember that? Now, if that's not happened for you, you're in the right place. You're in the right place. Going to give an opportunity by the end of this service and every service I preach nearly to get right with God. Why? Because it's super duper important. When I received Jesus so many years ago, I remember driving home. Every telephone pole was a cross. Everywhere I looked was a cross. There was crosses on people's necks. There was crosses in the middle of doors. How many of you know if you look at a door, when a traditional door, it looks like a cross. There's crosses everywhere. I'm like, he's everywhere. It's the gospel. I got saved. Nearsighted and blind comes forgetting what Christ has done for you. Wow. You can look in current problems in your life. And be overwhelmed by those current problems and forget that he set you free before he can set you free again. You know, having a poor memory for a Christian is a recipe for disaster. 
spiritual Alzheimer's is a horrible thing. When you forget what God has done, it's good to remember. It's good to recall and talk of these things around your table. I remember when, oh, you know, telling the stories. You know, if, if all you have in your life is the old stories, that's, that's not good. Old stories should be like signposts along the highway of your destiny and purpose that remind you, that release faith for him to do it again of what's just ahead. That the roadblock, you can run through it or jump over it. That God can do it for you. But if you lose, if you lose your memory, it's, it's, it becomes very difficult. Blindness to the importance of, of growth spiritually. Listen, you have to grow spiritually. Growth is crucial. Jesus, when he came to the, he came to the, uh, the fig tree and he looked for fruit and there's no fruit. Do you know, anybody know this, this, this story? There's no fruit. And he's like, huh. And he cursed it because it had no fruit. And then when they came back, it was totally dead. And they're like, Lord, look at the, look at the fig tree. It's dead. God, God expects fruit from your life. Fruit. All right, how to keep from losing your spiritual eyesight. How to keep from becoming as blind as a bat. Can we just say it that way? How to keep from becoming blind and losing your spiritual eyesight. All right, remember what you have. Grace and peace, it's right here in the text. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. You know, you don't have, grace is the most powerful force in, the, in any universe. And peace, peace. You can't put a price tag on peace. I don't know if you've ever lost your peace or you've been in a place of anguish. Peace is incredible gift from the Lord. Peace like a river, joy like a fountain. And so he says to him, grace and peace be multiplied to you. You and I need his grace. You need his peace. I need his peace every single day. If you don't have peace in your life, you need to hurry up and find it. You need to, it's usually comes from disobedience, or it can come from anxiety because of a lack of faith. It can come for lots of different reasons. And, and even in our own lives, in my life, and I'm just going about my day. That's how I'm led by the Holy Spirit. One of the main ways is if I, if I don't have peace, I'm not doing it. His power, look at this. This is really amazing. Verse 3. The NIV says it this way, verse 3. His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Think about that. All things. His Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God, has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory. God's spirit has been given to help us in every way, in every situation. In every way, in every situation, Pastor. In every single way, and every single situation. The power of the Holy Spirit will help you. That's an amazing promise. Thirdly, verse 4. He has given us his precious promises. That through them, oh, this is so stinking lit right here. Through... Lit, L-I-T. He has given us his precious promises that through them we may participate. Through them we may participate. You're allowed to participate in the power of his spirit if you use his promises. Let me say it that way. However you need to rephrase this so you understand it, most people miss it. He has given us his precious promises that through them we may participate 
in the divine nature. What divine nature? The power of the Holy Spirit. The very person of the Holy Spirit, if I could just say it that way. The person of the Holy Spirit, you can partner with how? By the promises. So the promises of God, and I've said this so many times before, are the basis by which you pray. And if you have a problem, just get a promise that'll wipe that thing out. For every problem, there's a promise. And you need to stand on it, participate it, and see the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ move through your life to melt the mountains like wax. Can you say amen? amen. Can you say a better amen? amen? And escape the corruption from the world caused by evil desires. That is so amazing to be. Promises. The promises of God. My mama had a promise book. And um, I found it not all that long ago. Not a, a promise box, pardon me. It's the one you had in Hana all those years ago. The thing's 20 years old. And I have all of these little promises, and it sits in my bedroom. They have now bound versions, uh, leather-bound versions, you know, in a book. You can get a promise book. May I suggest to you, get one. Get a promise book. You say, I have the whole Bible. That's my promise book. Yeah, I understand. But the problem, this, unless you've memorized all 7,500 of those, which I'm attempting in a feeble way to do. Sometimes it's hard to find all the scriptures for healing or for provision or for peace or for deliverance or for whatever problem you're having. And so I have this promise box, but I have a, a promise book that I can go and look, and, and that's one of the re ways it's helping me to memorize. The promises of God, divine nature will begin to overwhelm you. He'll break in with truth. He'll break in with light. Psalm 119, listen to this, verse 130. At the entrance of thy words giveth light, King James. The entrance of thy words giveth light, and it giveth understanding to the simple. Am I, I don't think I'm the only simple person here. All right, there's three or four honest people. Very good. Who's the most humble person? That's what I want to know. Where are you? When you get the word of God in you, it breaks in with truth and it breaks in with light. The word of the Lord will break in with truth and light and will help you in whatever challenge you're having. And here's the thing. If you don't learn that, then you're going to become soon nearsighted, blind, and you will stumble and fall and maybe even miss heaven. Wow. We have a responsibility. Uh, John Adams, former president, was a great man of God. He has a, a saying, and it was written out on a card by my wife, and it's on a mirror in my house. And I was coming down my stairs, and it just sort of jumped off the mirror. Does that kind of thing happen to anybody else besides me? It just kind of jumped off, and it says this, duty is ours, results are God's. What does that mean? That means just show up for the love of God. Just do the right thing and trust God. The results belong to God, but you have a duty. I have a duty. Look at verse 5 with me, please. We have a responsibility to grow. Listen, if you're not growing in God, it's not God's fault. If you're not as on fire as you used to be last year, God didn't move which means you did. Look at your neighbor and say, he's not talking to me. Is he talking to you? Go ahead, Ed. That's okay. Come on, look at verse 5. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence. This is the NIV as well. Giving all diligence. Add to your faith virtue. To virtue, knowledge. 
to knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness, love. All diligence, all diligence or every effort. Think about that. Every effort. Make every effort to add. There's a cooperation with God. God just doesn't do it. My dad used to say, you can pray and ask for a hole and God will give you a shovel. There's a bit of truth to that. Come on, you just sit at home and play your vineyard CDs and tapes from the 1990s and hope that it's all going to happen. How about get up and get going? All right, pray. I love vineyard too, but eventually get off your, your, your couch of, of perpetual soaking and get to work. That was good. 1 Corinthians 3.9 says, We are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. 2 Corinthians 6 and 16, as God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Wow, God's co-workers. It's co-working with people, but it's co-working with God. We, We can't do it on our own. Listen, you can't do the God stuff. Come on, say, I can't do the God stuff. Yeah, you can't raise the dead, right? I, I, can't, I can't do the God stuff. But God won't do your, th- you had to get up, you had to set your alarm, you had to wake up from your nap at, on Sunday afternoon, drink your cup of hot Earl Grey tea and get your carcass up in church to hear the word of the Lord. We have a personal responsibility. And so we've got to take that. He was add goodness or virtue. Everybody say virtue. Now, the, the, the Greek, it's Koine Greek. It's arete. You say, what is that? Because we read this, we don't really understand it. Goodness, all that just means being good. No, unless you really fully understand what being good means. Because who, who alone is good? Let me follow this for a second. Exactly right. So when it says add goodness or add virtue, the Greek is arete, the arete of a knife, if I could just teach you for a moment. And does anybody have a knife? Yeah. You got a knife in your pocket. Who's I'm, I'm wearing Alaska. Does anybody got a knife in your Let me see that thing. Come on. Ooh. Is there blood on that? I mean, there's blood on that. What's up? You Alaskan kid, you. Okay. Knife. What would be the arete of a knife? To cut. Do you get it? All right, so what's the ultimate goodness and purpose of a knife? It's to cut. What is the arete of a horse? Sure, to move, to run, to do horse stuff. (laughs) That doesn't mean... Road apples. It means <laughs> means to run. So think about this. What is the arete, or the virtue, or the goodness of a man? Before you answer the question, who is the ultimate man? Bam, where was that? My Portuguese friend, was that you? You're awesome. Jesus is the ultimate man. So when it says add, add goodness, 
He's saying to you, add Christ's likeness. He's saying virtue. He's saying, add to your life that which is the character qualities of Christ. Be like Jesus. That's what he said. We used to have those bands, what would Jesus do? Everybody would wear them. What would Jesus do? You've got to know what Jesus did to do what Jesus would do. What did Jesus do? How about that? He raised the dead. He healed the sick. A lot of people raising the bands, don't even having these bands all those years ago, wouldn't lay, lay hands or pray for anybody. It was just a cute little thing to have a band. I don't think it's a good witnessing tool. Add goodness. The arete of a man is Jesus. Jesus is God's arete. Do you understand? He's the ultimate definition of virtue. And so he's saying, add to your life virtue or goodness. It's being Christ-like in character. Not only that, it's add knowledge. Now, this is interesting to understand. Peter's dealing with a problem that they were having that really bloomed in the second century, and it was called Gnosticism. And the thing is, the same, some of us say, well, there's no Gnosticism now. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It's alive and well on university campuses all across the land, all across, all across the world, Gnosticism. That's the more knowledge you have, then the better you are. So the, the higher the degree, the more, the more knowledge that you have, then you're better than the person that doesn't have that knowledge. Let me say this to you, all of you um, Gnostics. It's not having knowledge. It's not a knowledge that transforms. So there's all kinds. I mean, this is amazing. My daughter's going to, to uh, Christian college now. And uh, I won't tell you which one, Evangel. And <laughs> there's a lot of wonderful things about the school. But what we experienced in, in the recent years, it's different this year. But some of the, some of the teachers in, Bible college, in the Bible courses, they had the amazing amount of knowledge. I mean, amazing amount of knowledge. I mean, Greek and Hebrew and under, I mean, could just amazing. Exegete the Bible and just teach amazing. However, there's no transformation here. Any theological truth that doesn't bring transformation into your heart only serves to make you a religious person. So if you'd get gaining knowledge, but it doesn't change you to become more like Jesus, you know, that's not very good. That's not, what are you going to do? Whip it out in Starbucks so you can like wow somebody with your amazing knowledge? You pride-filled Gnostic, you. You know, he's talking about knowledge that transforms. And, and really this comes, came out of Greek philosophy. And again, you'll see it all over university campuses. That, if, that if, I, they, if I know more than you, then you're less than me. That, that's all over the university campus. It's not true. We've got to grow in knowledge that transforms us. 2 Timothy 4, listen to this, verse 13. Paul is dying. He's dying, right? He's going to die. He's at the end of his life. He's run his course. He's run his race. I'm finished the course. And what does he do? He writes to Timothy and he says, hey, bro, when you come, bring me the scrolls. Why would you need the scrolls, the parchments? Why would you? He's asking for the word of God. He says, when you come to me, I mean, didn't you study enough, Paul? Didn't you study enough? No, it's something, you know, you'll be growing and learning in God all of your life and on into eternity. You know, it's, when you get to eternity, it's not over. Like I said, you don't have a cute little white diaper with a set of wings and bling, and you get to fly around from cloud to cloud. Bring, hallelujah, bring. 
No, you're actually going to continue to grow. You'll have an assignment in eternity. The millennial reign. You actually are going to be doing things. Second Timothy 4.13, Paul's dying and he says, please bring me the scrolls. It says in another place, study to show yourself approved of workmen rightly dividing the word of truth. You, you're never done studying. I remember meeting a, 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 a guy at a camp sort of place. And uh, I pulled my Bible out and the guy says, oh, what book is that? I said, it's a Bible. He goes, yeah, I read that. I was like, you did? Did you read it in just one sitting? Or You've got to grow in the knowledge of God. Come on, say, Lord, help me grow in the knowledge of God. And you add to that self-control. 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 If you allow yourself to be a person that doesn't have self-control, you're going to be near, end up being nearsighted and blind. I used to cry all the time. No, I mean like a lot. Like I would cry regularly, like a lot, especially when I first got saved. I was so brokenhearted. And then as, as time went on, God healed my heart, but I had a, I had a tendency to just like cave into uh, despair and depression. I know probably like none of you have ever experienced we all have. Welcome to the, being a human being that we go through things. And I remember the Lord telling me, you know, man up, dude. Like, like stop crying and man up. Now, I think that grown men, I, I, I cry. I was, I was weeping. I was weeping in the front when you all in the blue shirts, blue shirt worship glory people. <laughs> when you all were worshiping, I was weeping. I'm like, oh, yes. Yes, I was lost. Don't ever lose that. Don't ever lose. When I thought I was all dying, then you came and rescued me. You put together my pieces of my broken life. Don't ever lose that. Don't ever lose that. Don't ever lose that. Have a deep appreciation. And learn to be self-controlled. If you can't control yourself, then somebody else will. That is like a good tweet right there. If you can't control yourself, there are police officers that will help you. If you can't control yourself in this house, I have security team all over the building. We will help you control yourself. If you can't control your emotions, you're going to have a very difficult life. Now, I know people that are over-controlling. You know, they just need to leave, yield and chill a little bit. But self-control is part of the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Are you telling me that if I don't learn self-control, I'm going to end up nearsighted and blind? Yeah. That's what, I'm not telling you. That's what Peter's telling you. Look at your neighbor and say, control yourself. Fourthly, add perseverance. Another way of saying perseverance is endurance. Endurance. There's internal pressures and external pressures. You need to continue to keep on. I, I love this. 
saying in African-American churches, it's an old saying, and I've, I've adopted it. It's when a, a mother in the church would ask you, are you keeping on, son? Yes, ma'am. You keep keeping on then. Are you, keep, are you keeping on? Keep keeping on. You keep doing the right thing. You keep showing up. You keep praying. You keep giving. You keep fasting. You keep doing it. When? When do you stop? Never. It ain't over until it's over. Submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. You've got to be a people of endurance. I've seen people throw in the towel. I've seen people quit. It's like angels are coming. Here they come. They're about ready to deliver the package. And you're like, ah, I quit. And the angel's like, what? Oh, God, you should have read 2 Peter 1. For God. Come on, someone say, don't quit. Come on, lift your hands. Give them a praise break. Say, I'm never going to quit. I ain't ever going to quit. The cross before me, the world behind me. I will finish my race. So help me, God. Ah! Perseverance. Yes. All right, settle down. Number five, add godliness. And that's reverence. Godliness is reverence. It's, it's reverence to God. And it's respect to people. Respect people. Respect the elderly. Hold doors open for women, gentlemen. Open the door for your wife. Respect and honor your husband. And I think one... <laughs> <laughs> getting touched over there, amen. <laughs> Respect and honor your husband. You know, men, men, I mean, I, I know a little bit about being a man, being a man, and from studying God's word, been doing this a little while. There's something about my wife when she says to me, you look good. I'm like, you preach such a great word. I'm like, God, did I get anxiety? Here, let me go kill something for you. Can I kill something for you? Do I need to do it? What do you want me to do? Do you need I do anything for you, babe? Anything? Uh-huh. Welcome home, babe. Come on, men, men, men and women, they're very different. Thank the Lord. Reverence towards God. And I've, I've just recently, I've, 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 the Lord's been showing me some things that's brought a heightened awareness of how I can have greater reverence towards him. For instance, and, and it, the ushers, it's not the ushers, it's, it's me. I stopped our ushers for just a moment. And, and uh, we can maybe do this policy, please. Make this, write it down, make it so. Mr. Executive, Pastor, Administrative Guy. Let's hand the notes out like before we read the word or after, but let's not do it during. Why? Because it's a way of us just saying, I'm going to listen to the, I am, I'm not going to, I will not Snapchat right now. I might snap after, but I'm going to listen to God. I'm going to give reverence to God. Lord, your word's being read. You know when there's, when there's a salvation call, which is coming up here in just a few minutes? 
When that happens, that's not the time to go to the bathroom. Hello? You know, when, when God's moving and stirring, I mean, there's kids doing coloring books and, and all that, and that's a, it's a beautiful thing. It really is. And I've seen it with you, young men, also with my own kids when they were doing the coloring thing. Where's Daniel? He doesn't do that. You're not doing coloring books tonight. Amen. <laughs> but there they are, playing quietly, and, and every so often they'll look up, and I see the Word of God go into them. That's not irreverence to them, you know, doing something. Kids are, kids are kids. And foolishness is bound up in the heart of the child, but you need to teach your kids to respect. We don't let kids run up on the platform. That's a little religious, Pastor. No, it's teaching them respect and honor of ministry and the Word of God. Amen. Amen. That's one of the reasons we stand for the reading of God's Word. If you lose reverence for God, you're headed to the backslide. You're heading to nearsightedness. If you lose your reverence for God, then you're going to end up blind. Don't lose reverence. Don't lose the fear of the Lord. Ask Him for it. Give me the fear of the Lord. Help me. How can I reverence you in a greater way? How can, how can I respect and honor you? And how can I respect and honor other people? Brotherly kindness. Number six. Add brotherly kindness. Let's move on. Number seven. <laughs> it's being kind. Kindness in Hebrews, hesed. It's, it's a word that's tied to grace, too. Be, be gentle with each other. Be kind. Be kind. I, I sometimes have a problem being kind. Let me tell you, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, it's like confessions of Pastor Daniel tonight or something. I don't know. But I'll tell you what I have a hard time being kind with. I have a hard time with being kind with people that are addicted and come to play their little manipulative game up in the church to try to get some coinage and cash out of people from here to go and get high with and then act, act the fool and do. I mean, you, you should see. You know, and, and you should see some of the stuff that I've seen over the years. It just, it makes me angry. I get angry because I can't stand that. I think probably because... Uh, that was something I hated in my life. <laughs> I don't have that anymore. Amen. Praise God. I've been delivered. My mama laid hands on me a long time ago, set me free. Thank you, Jesus. I don't care for manipulation. I don't like emotional blackmailing. I don't have a codependent bone in my body. You, you can cry and try to get compassion and, and manipulate me. You're talking to the wrong guy. That used to work doesn't work anymore. You want mercy and compassion? I'll steer you towards Pastor Vince. His number is 1-800-COMPASSION. And he will help you. Amen. And the other thing I've found with drug addicts and alcoholics and people that come in to try to play the church. Now let me say, let me just tell you, if you're here, now usually they show up at church right about now. They come in the back door right about now, about 745, right towards the end of the service. Don't want to sit through the whole thing, just enough for the fellowship at the end to try to get you to cry, to help them. Oh, I don't have any food. And I'm going to tell you, most of the time, it's a bunch of hogwash nonsense. And I've found when that happens, Pastor Kirsten, they somehow never gravitate towards me. They never want to talk to me. I've, I've been cursed out in the parking lot with some guys like, my mom, she's down south, and she got in a car accident. And she's just really, she needs help. He starts crying. Of course, I'm hooked at first until discernment kicks in. Anyway, so I'm like, well, let me pray for you. I'm praying. The Lord's like, he's lying. I'm like, oh, he's lying. Hmm. I said, well, what happened to your mom? 
Oh, and he tells me this elaborate story. Really, she's in the hospital. I need money to go down because I don't have any gas. I don't have any food. I'm like, what hospital is she in? She's in a hospital down there. I'm like, yeah, which one? He goes, hi. He goes, I don't know the name. It's the one that's on the peninsula. I'm like, you know, I don't know the name either. Sheree, hi. You used to live down there. Sheree, what's the name of the hospital? I asked somebody that was a peninsula person. I forget. And they said, oh, it's so-and-so hospital. No, 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 no. What? Central Peninsula. Thank you. I thought you were praying in tongues for a second. Amen. <laughs> so I said, oh, dude, it's Central Peninsula because that's the only hospital down there. He goes, oh, yeah. I said, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to help you, but I'm going to call and pray for her first, and we're going to believe God to touch and heal her body. So let me get the number. He's like, I'm getting the number. I get the number. I start calling the hospital. He says, you know what? F you. I'm like, what? We got kids here. Settle down. Forget. That's what he meant. Forget you. All right? So he, he walks off. Everybody say, forget you. <laughs> Lift your hands to Jesus and receive healing right now. Ah! What did Pastor mean when he said, he said, forget. That's what he, forget you, all right? It was the adult version that you should never use, but it, anyway, amen. Forget you. And he cursed me, and he walks off. Oh, you guys are all the same. Oh, yeah, really? He just wanted to go smoke crack and wanted to take money from the church. And it was nothing about his mama. His mama wasn't down there. We called. She doesn't exist. There's no car accident. And those are the times where I struggle with brotherly love. Actually, you know what? I gave him some love. Right there. Brotherly love doesn't mean you just, you know, do anything and let anybody roll up over you. Love has a slap. Love crucified Jesus. How many of you know that? But as a result, this is, thank you, Lord. As a result of being through that a lot, like a lot, I struggle with what I would call being jaded. So when somebody comes, and it might be genuine, I'm just like... Tell me some more. And I, and I struggle with be like, you're lying. I put that out of my mind. I, I, I try to steer people to someone who's a little bit more compassionate like Pastor Vince and others. I'm struggling. Look, let's just pray for Pastor Daniel. Lord, help me. Heal me of all the bitterness of people that have come to try to manipulate and steal from God's people. And give me discernment, accurate discernment, so that we can set them free from all of their bondage and real loving brotherly kindness and compassion towards those who need it. That's a great prayer. Come on, you don't look at me like with that tone of voice. Some of you are like, oh, I thought he was a pastor. <laughs> I knew there was something in the church. That's what it is. <laughs> Number seven, love. Add love. I love that testimony. Um, sister, come back from Mozambique. Rosie. <laughs> I love that testimony. Come on, give me a break. My wife's been gone for a week. I need a real meal. Amen. <laughs> Add love. Add what? Add love. We talked about, you know, 1 Corinthians 13. Go read through 1 Corinthians 13. W would you do that as homework? Later on, you go read it and see actually how you're lining up. He loves me. Does he do all 1 Corinthians 13? Because if he doesn't, that's not love. That's right. I love him. No, that's called lust. You lost him. 
We better move on. We must continue to increase in these qualities for the lack of spiritual growth is a sign of spiritual death. I want you to say that. A lack of spiritual growth is a sign of spiritual death. Say it again. A lack of spiritual growth is a sign of spiritual So you got to grow. I had a random song going through my mind. Got to know when to fold them. Know when to hold them. Know when to walk away. Know when to run. You never count your... When you're sitting... <laughs> there'll be time enough for counting. When the healing done. Okay, just enjoy that as an isolated hole. God's talking to us, all right? That had nothing to do with the message. Welcome to my mind. Amen. You gotta know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. <laughs> know when to run. You never count your. I think, you know what, Ronnie? Pastor Christian was singing that earlier this week. All right, God's talking to us. God's speaking to us. All of us can fall. Everyone here can fall away. All of us can. All of us has the propensity. All of us could fall away. All right? All of us can. We all can become blind. So we must live in such a way that minimizes the possibility of falling. Live your life in such a way that minimizes the possibility of falling. Set yourself up so you don't fall. Increase in all of these seven things. Add to them. Be diligent to do it. And if you're not doing that, then you're setting yourself up for a wipeout. Nearsightedness, short-sightedness, blindness. We got to rejoice in what God has given us. Come on, rejoice in what God's given you. Come on, rejoice in what God's given you. You know, this Feast of Tabernacles that starts tonight, it's a way of God telling them to remember how I provided for you in the wilderness. Remember how I did. Remember how I provided for the, the, the protection, the fire by night, the cloud by day. Remember how I provided manna. Remember how I provided water from the rock. Remember. And they, they're supposed to have a time of rejoicing and celebration. Man, look what the Lord has done. Yeah, look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm going to praise his name. I, 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 I've never been the same. Go on and praise him. Look what the Lord has done, yeah. Look what the Lord has done, yeah. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Go on and praise him. Look what the Lord has done. I got a feeling. Everything's going to be all right. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, everything's going to Oh, I got a feeling. Everything's going to be all right. Be all right. Be all right. Be all right. That's what you do. 
Remember what he did. Look what the Lord has done. And if he did it before, he can do it again. If he saved you before, he can save you again. If he provided before, he can provide for you again. Don't forget. Don't get nearsighted. Don't become blind. He's a good, good God. There's no one like him. Ah, hallelujah. I almost stood up right there for a second. Claim the promises, number three. Claim the promises. Claim the promises. The basis of by which you pray, and it's how you partner with the power of the Holy Spirit. Whatever problem you have in your life, get a promise and decappuccino that thing. But you say, claim the promises. Go on, claim the promises. We must continue to hunger and thirst after the Lord. Continue to hunger and thirst after God. If you lose your spiritual appetite, you're in serious trouble. If you don't long for Him, His presence, if you don't long for His Word, you have to stir that. You have to ask him. One of my staff many years ago was at a Heidi Baker meeting. How many of you know who Heidi Baker is? And people, I mean, Heidi Baker showed up. It's years and years ago. She showed up and one of the ways that she would have service, literally, she'd, and Heidi Baker, and everybody's like, hi, Heidi. Heidi comes up and says, oh, God. Oh, God. And she sits there and prays. Now, after five minutes, God starts moving. And then before you know it, the power of God was coming down in such an amazing way. People getting touched. You say, how did that? It's just the, the, the anointing, the power of God. That's all. And, and thank God for it. Thank God for him. And one of my staff was like, all these people are getting touched by the Lord. She's like, I don't feel anything. I don't even care to be here. She starts walking around the back, just going, you know what? I know that's not right. I should care, and I should be hungry, but I'm not. In fact, I really wish I could just go eat a Big Mac right now and have a Diet Coke. I don't know why you would have a Diet Coke with a Big Mac. You might as well just have a Coca-Cola. Anyway, <laughs> walking back, isn't that right? Walking back and forth. I don't even know what I'm doing here. And she realized her thought process was nearsighted and blind. She realized, wait a second, something's wrong with me that I'm not hungry. Something's wrong with me that I want to leave. So then she walked back and forth and she started changing. She lined her mouth up with what God's word says. She said, you know what? I'm supposed to be hungry. I should want your presence, God, but I don't care. Oh God, would you please make me hungry? Would you help me? Would you help me, Lord, make me hungry. Give me hunger. Help me. God, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm wrapped in cellophane. I can't feel anything. I'm not hungry for you, and I want to I go out to eat. I don't want to be here. Oh, God, would you help me? And she continued to pace back and forth at the back of the church. Her testimony is this. Her testimony to me was when, I, when, I, when she began to tell me the story, she says, you know what happened, Pastor? I said, no, what happened? She said, all of a sudden, my heart heard what my mouth was saying. And God came. And that girl was different. And I don't mean kind of different. I mean radically changed by a visitation of God. If you lose your hunger and thirst, come on the widow. 
with the issue of blood set in her heart. If I could just touch the hem of his, if I could touch the hem of his garment, just, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, she'd reach to the crowd. Penalty for her would have been death. And she touched the hem of his garment and virtue was released. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They shall be filled. Listen, God, I don't ever want you to backslide. I don't ever want to backslide. I have no plans. I'm backsliding. I plan not to. How? By doing these things in increasing measure, by being diligent to do it. And then by putting myself in a position to continue to grow in the Word, to grow in prayer, to grow in the anointing. If you don't have God's power and unction and favor and supernatural power in your life, in your marriage, it's not God's fault. It's yours. You say, I don't like that. I know I don't like that either, but it's the truth. You can be anointed as, as anybody in, in the Bible if you're willing to do what they did to get it. Fast and pray. Push yourself away from the six hours of TV. Get hungry and thirsty. Pray, look at your life and see if you're bitter. See if, you're, see if you don't have love. Where, where, where's your love at? Where's your brotherly kindness at? Are you acting like Jesus? Are you being the arete, goodness, real virtue? Do you have that happening? Or are you filled with bitterness and anger and you always got something to, something to say? Do you have contention? Are you always snapping at people with a really short fuse? Are you mad all the time? Hello? Hello? Trying to get through to you today. Trying to help you out tonight. God wants you to never become short-sighted or nearsighted and blind because you can lose even salvation. There's many other scriptures if we continue. See to it, Hebrews. Where is that, Pastor Kirsten? See to it that it's Hebrews something. See to it that none of you have a sinful, unbelieving heart and turn away. There's going to come a great falling away. You all know that, right? It's called the apostasy. It's prophesied. How can you have a great falling away unless you have a great in-gathering? If, 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 you can never lose, if you can never lose your salvation, I had one person oh, say, okay, pastor, so what is it? Is it the time that I lusted after the girl or the guy? Is that when I lose my salvation? I don't think it's like that. I don't think it's black and white. I think it's a gradual turning away, and before you know it, you, Hebrews 3.12, see to it. Encourage one another daily. How often? Daily. And see to it that no one has a sinful, unbelieving heart and turns away from the Lord. I'm paraphrasing. Grow in these things. Never fall away. I, oh God, I will never fall away as I do these things. He says, it's, it's like how to never fall away. How to never even stumble. Just do that. Some of you are going to backslide this week. Some of you, some of you are going to turn from the Lord this year. How do you know that? Because that's just statistics. I'm just telling you, I'm not, I'm not going to. How about you? You're not going to either? Oh, how about you, Chanel? Good. Awesome. How about you? You? You planning on it? No. How are you going to not do that? It doesn't just, doesn't just happen. It happens by you diligently adding these things. Can you say amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed all across this place. If you're not right with God, you have come to the right place. You're going to do two different altar calls tonight. This is the first one. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I compel you, I implore you on behalf of heaven to be reconciled to God. Your sin. God can't, God can't have fellowship with you. He can't, he can't partner with you. He can't walk with you if you, have, if you have sin in your life, unrepented sin. You need to repent. You need to ask God to forgive you for your stealing, for your lying. Amen. Lying, 
Cheating? Thank you. That was the emphasis right there. Maybe that, was that stealing? Can you hit the key one more time? Stealing? Oh, it was way louder than that before. Okay. Stealing, killing, lusting. Come on, the Ten Commandments show us that we need a Savior. You don't need a rule book. Thank God we have one, but you need a Savior. If you've never given your heart to Jesus all across this place, or maybe you're not walking with Him, won't you do it now? Repent of your sin and ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. He died on a cross for you, rose again from the grave for you so that you could be free, so that you could be healed, so that you could be whole. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to slip your hand up, give your life to Christ. You want to give your life to Jesus for the first time. Or maybe you've done that before, but you know you drifted away. You've not been continuing or growing. Maybe you've got things in your life that are completely contrary to God's character and God's will and God's plan, and you know you need to repent of it. Listen, you can't call yourself a Christian and then go ahead. First Corinthians talks about that. It gives us this whole, you know, you can't get drunk and fornicate and adultery and all of that and say that you're going to heaven. And you're not going to heaven. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. I don't care what anybody else told you. I, I, you, you can't, you have to cut that whole page out and throw it out. You can't do whatever you want and say that you're, you know, you're going to go to heaven. That's not the way. That's what it is. First, first John talks about if you, we know that you're not, you know, if you continue in your sin, then you're not born of God. Those online, those here, you say, that's me. You want to give your heart to Jesus first time, want to recommit, or perhaps you just want to be sure. Number three, you just want to be sure. If that's you, on the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. If that's you, slip your hand up. God bless you. God bless, raise your hand high. Be unashamed. Amen. God bless you all the way in the back. God bless you. My goodness. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Wow. Raise your hand high. Raise your hand high. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you, sweetheart. Wonderful. God bless you. Kids lifting their hands all across this place. Would you stand up on your feet? If you raised your hand or you didn't, the moment my brother begins to sing, I want you to step out from where you are and come to the front. Are you ready? Set. Come on, come. Like a fly. Come on, come, come right here. Come all the way up. Come however you want. However you want. Come on, come. If you raised your hand or you didn't, you know you need to be included in this prayer. Come all the way up front. Come. Come on, we're going to pray together as a family. However you want. However you want. Come on, come. You can put your hands together for these. This is a great thing. Like a fly. However you want, however you want, with your power and with your love, come however you want, however you want. Pray this prayer with me right out loud and, and say it right out loud. It's with your heart that you believe in your mouth, you confess unto salvation. You believe in your heart, otherwise you never would have come. Now say it with your mouth. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Would you lift your hands as a universal sign of surrender all across this place? Those on the broadcast, lift your hands to heaven. Holy Spirit, I pray. 
Can I have my leadership team just come to minister and lay hands on these that are here and just pray for them? We're going to continue to worship. Just won't you worship God? Come on. Holy Spirit, come. Fill, touch. Break every bondage. Break every chain. However you want. With your power. Release your power now. And with your love. Come however you want. However you want. Come on, lift your voice with all. Like a fire. And like a flood. However you want, however you Holy want, Spirit, come with your power and with your love. Come however you want, however you want. If you're here and you're like, I want to make a commitment to never turn away from the Lord. Listen, this kind of call is not passe. People that have been walking in Christ all their lives should continually say that before the Lord. And if you're even brand new in Christ, you should say it. No matter where you are in your walk with Jesus, make a commitment to live for Him and to grow in these seven qualities listed here in 1 Peter chapter 1. Because if you do that, and you partner with God in the promises, you will never be ineffective. Be diligent. Come on, everybody say be diligent. Be diligent to do that. And if you do that, you will never fall. You'll never become nearsighted and blind. I don't ever want to be nearsighted and blind. I don't want to lose out with God. Do you? Everyone that throws it away never says they want to throw it away. And yet they do. Why? Because they're not diligent to add these things. It's a great, great word to help you, to help me, to help us. Holy Spirit, I pray. We commit, come on, you use your own words. We commit to follow you all the days of our life. That we would grow. We would grow in these, in these qualities. We would grow in them. God, we commit to do it. We commit, God. We commit with every effort to add goodness, Christ-likeness, arete, to our life. We commit to grow in the knowledge of God. Not Gnosticism, but growing in knowledge that transforms. Not so that we're puffed up, but so that we're mature, fully understanding the Word, rightly dividing the Word, transforming our lives and those that hear us. God, help us, oh Lord, to be self-controlled. Come on, help us to be self-controlled in all that we do. We would put, you'd put, help us to put a guard over our mouth. Lord, that we would be slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to wrath. That we would be a people that are self-controlled. People wouldn't walk on eggshells around us because we have an anger problem. We would be loving and kind. Lord, that we would persevere. We would, with endurance, finish the race that's set out before us. Lord, give us perseverance. Help us, Lord, to have a thick skin and a tender heart. Help us, God, to add godliness, which is reverence. Reverence. Help us to be reverent towards people and towards you. Help us, God. Help us to be reverent. Help us, Lord. And godliness brotherly kindness it's to be kind Lord help me Lord to have greater compassion Rosie where's Rosie how long you been serving God long time I mean you got saved when you were a kid right so you know 20 plus years you've been following the Lord so just check this out for a second so God God sends her to Mozambique and then he says she says Lord 
I mean, she went to be an interpreter and to serve and to be a part of the team. But she's like, Lord, why did you really send me here? Yeah, it's to do all of that. Wonderful. And she was dutiful to do it. And the Lord says, to give you great love, to love the unlovable, right? Well, you would think you'd have that already, right? No, 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 that's not how that is. I need that. If you're honest, you, you realize, yeah, I need that too. Love. They will, Jesus said, they will know you by your love for one another. Oh, God, come on, pray that God would help you. Come on, service is almost over. Lord, we pray. Give us a deep abiding love for one another and for the hurting and the broken and the lost and the unlovable. Help us. Help us, God. Help us to be a church that wraps its arms around the community. Lord, that ministers the love of God everywhere we go as a body of believers in our individual lives. When we're driving our cars and trucks, help us to be loving. Brotherly kindness love all of 1 Corinthians 13. God, we thank you and we give you praise. Would you put your hands together for Jesus? Amen. It's uh, 11 minutes after 8 and uh, Netflix is still there. I just want to do a couple things. If you need to fade, it's certainly understandable. I want to be sensitive to your time. But when I was praying, I saw the Lord touching people's knees. Uh, and so I have a word of knowledge about if you have a knee problem, any kind of knee problem at all, I want you to step out. Kids, would you fade off to the right or the left if you can? If you have knee problem, I want you to come. Come on, God's going to touch and heal people right now. Any kind of joint problem, just going to flow in healing right now. Any kind of joint problem, you need healing in your body, healing in your joints, you need a miracle from God. Is there anybody, anybody need healing in your, in your life? The Lord's releasing his power now in the name of Jesus. Release your healing touch right now. Right, right now. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.